We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's a busy time for Oregon football on the recruiting trail. We have the transfer portal heating up day two and the early signing period continues to get closer. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How we living? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks over on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. And it is a super busy time in the Oregon football space right now. We got uh, bowl game announcements. We got first team all Pac-12 stuff. We have recruiting, recruiting, and more recruiting with the transfer portal. So really excited to get into another edition of the Oregon Recruiting Hour coming to you from Long Beach, California on Tuesday, December 5th. I'm not rolling solo. I got Colin King back on the scene to talk some duck football and some duck portal stuff with me. So what's going on, Colin? How you doing? Yeah, man, it's been crazy. Uh, freshman year. I don't know. I'm happy to be back, though. Right on. Right on. Well, excited to have you on. I know we've been texting a little bit about the portal developments for Oregon, and there's also some big storylines that we're following here in the 2024 recruiting cycle. If you guys haven't already, make sure you check out yesterday's episode where I talk about kind of some of the recent developments on the recruiting trail for Oregon. I think I hit on Michael Van Buren decommitting. That was a, a, a development that I expected for a while. Um, and I think the quarterback room is still looking pretty promising at Oregon. So we'll talk We'll talk about some more transfer portal quarterback options for the Ducks later on in this episode. But the guy I want to start off with, Colin, talking about is one of the biggest targets still on the board for Dan Lanning and the Ducks here in the 2024 cycle. That is five-star offensive tackle, Jordan Seaton out of Bradenton, Florida, IMG Academy. The new story with him is that he will be coming off the board to make his college commitment on Thursday, December 7th, and he is fresh off a visit to Columbus to see Ryan Day and the Ohio State Buckeyes. What are you thinking here? Uh, unfortunately, I mean, that was a, that was a bit of a surprise visit last second visit. Um, and I really do think that they kind of stole the, I guess the hype behind it or the predictions almost. Um, 
I I do think they lead at this point, Ohio State. Um, I have heard a little bit of buzz about Tennessee uh, from Wilt Fong, but I don't know. I think every team kind of likes where they sit right now, but if I were to make a prediction, it would be Ohio State. And this was a tough one because I really had the feeling, probably I'd say for the last month or so, that Oregon kind of quietly led here seeing that uh, he was expected to get back on campus for his official visit later this month before announcing during the early signing period. That was the latest that he was telling me before, uh, before this kind of came out, I was able to talk with Seton interviewed him after his unofficial visit to Oregon for the Washington state game. And that was kind of the big development then was that it was an unofficial visit because I think it was being hyped up as an official visit before he got to Eugene. So now it kind of seems like that uh, – I don't even know if I'd say trick that Oregon had up their sleeve, but I think leverage is probably certainly a good way to put it, seeing that they were expected to get him back for his official visit and probably the last official visit before he makes his announcement. Typically the way it goes, Colin, is that I – mean, I, I probably don't need to tell you this, but for the listeners is if a big-time target is visiting a school and then he chops his schools down or – announces a commitment date right after the trip that school typically leads, which is why it's so important to track the visits. But this was probably aside from Nate Frazier or like Jeremiah McClellan, Gatlin bear that this, this was the top offensive player that was still on Oregon's board in the 24 cycle. Yeah. And you know, it, it is a bummer. Um, we've seen in the past, like Oregon try to get the last visit and they did it again here. Um, unfortunately it just seems like it didn't really work uh potentially um because i had heard speculation he was going to visit uh before signing day i'm not sure if you heard the same thing um but that that would be the official visit however obviously it doesn't seem like right now that that's going to be actually what's going to happen it seems like he's going to make i mean obviously he's going to make his commitment now on thursday um definitely not a great development for oregon um we'll see if they can pull it off but i don't really have a whole lot of optimism at the moment yeah and that was the feeling that i was getting is that he was going to be back on campus these are his junior highlights from from st john's um but that was the feeling that he was going to get back on campus and i think that he was kind of going to be that uh gem of the class if you will for offensive line coach elite terry who's just been an absolute hit and his first full season back with the Ducks, I mean, Oregon's offensive line was amazing all year and definitely faltered a bit against Washington in the Pac-12 title game. I think both lines of scrimmage were were a tough battle for the Ducks offense and defense, but they, they have some good pieces coming in. Um, and, and I think that Seton was kind of going to be that cherry on top of this uh, offensive line cycle. And... I need to do a little bit of digging on this one, but I think you and I both kind of have share the same feeling that just based on how this, this recruitment has unfolded. And then again, following those visits and the timeline, it at least looks on the surface, like Ohio state might be the team to beat here, but I think Oregon's going to continue to try and see what they can do. And, and who knows, maybe, maybe a league Terry pops up in Florida, his home state. He is a Florida native to, to try to get, and then home visit and give Oregon, you know, one last shot here. Yeah. I mean, I think he pretty much hit on it, uh, hit on everything there. Um, I think obviously the staff was probably extremely happy with where they felt until that late visit there. And that was a, that was a big shock to most people. I mean, um, 
like out of nowhere, it seemed like just that day uh, announced that he had some sort of, well, I guess he announced that he was having an announcement, right? Um, and then made the post about visiting Ohio State. Um, posted several times while being there, which, I mean, that does, obviously doesn't mean much, but um, it, it just, I mean, I think it's just a bit of an unfortunate situation for Oregon, really. For sure. For sure. Yeah, this is a, it's just a, you know, there's ebbs and flows with, with everything. I think you have to continue to monitor the situation and, and see what else is going on um, on the recruiting trail. I think the the other, I guess, small Ohio State tidbit that we could do uh, or we could hit on here is that their quarterback, uh, Kyle, Kyle, uh, McCord. Kyle Ford? McCord, sorry, Kyle McCord uh, entered the transfer portal this week. Um, and it was crazy to think that the quarterback was perceived as such a weak spot for the Buckeyes, even with the pretty special season that they had um, losing to Michigan before losing to Michigan in their rivalry game. And, and that kind of sent the season up in flames, if you will. But there's been some whispers out there, uh, Colin, that um, that Ryan Day could be flirting with the NFL or that maybe he uh, could be a potential target for some vacant NFL jobs. And we've seen it before how coaching changes can obviously, you know, change things up on the recruiting trail kind of in an instant. Yeah, and uh, I saw a post from a 247 board um, and from like an Ohio State page, a moderator or whatever, um, saying that, I mean, Ray, Ryan, Jesus, Ryan Day sat down um, and talked with McCord and his dad, and they were hoping for some optimism of like, okay, he's the starter going forward. Um, and Ryan Day didn't give him that and said that they were probably going to bring in a transfer quarterback, um, which I would guess right now is probably Cam Ward if I were to predict. But um, it, yeah, and then kind of said, we want you to come back and try to compete or whatever. But um McCord obviously wasn't having that, so went ahead and hit the portal. I think it's interesting because they had such a great uh, wide receiver room. They still do, even. Um, but next year will be a little bit interesting for them. Uh, it, and they lost a lot of talent, lost a few backups for sure. And I think uh, it, I've seen some things saying, oh, they're going up in flames or whatever. But, I mean, that's honestly, that's what happens with the portal nowadays. Um I don't really know about the NFL jobs too much. I haven't seen a whole lot of chatter on that. Max, you probably have a bit of a better perspective there. Um, I'd seen, obviously, Harbaugh, stuff like that, but I haven't seen anything uh, connecting Ryan Day to an NFL job yet. Yeah, and I think that that might just be more rumor than anything at this point, so I'll have to do a little more research on that one. But it's certainly, even if it's not Day, there's probably going to be people. I know Heartline is a guy that's been – um, you know, spoken about as far as maybe going to to the NFL ranks. So we'll continue to monitor that one, but that's just a quick little update off the top here on Jordan Seaton, Oregon's top remaining offensive line target here in, in the 2024 class. Another guy that we got to hit on, Colin, is 2024 Oregon offensive line commit Shaq McRoy, Jaquan McRoy out of the state of Alabama. Um, we have some news on him taking a trip out to Boulder to visit with coach prime and the buffs. And that's a, a big visit seeing that he's been committed to Oregon uh, for a while now. And he is kind of the crown jewel of the uh, class right now after committing in July for a league Terry. So 
seeing that he popped up in Boulder this close to the early signing period was a bit of a surprise. And um, certainly after seeing uh, Dion, you know, throwing his offensive linemen under the bus that are still on the team, um, we know at the very least that it's a priority for him to get some help for Shadour. Yeah, and uh, it was a bit of a shock, honestly, to hear that he was visiting uh, Colorado. And then, I don't know, I saw it on when actually one of my friends who's a Colorado fan, I saw it on his page and I was like, what? That doesn't make sense. I was uh, really shocked about it. And obviously now it makes a bit of sense. Uh, They've had their starting center and their starting right tackle and a few uh, backup offensive linemen already portal. Makes sense. I mean, that, that was a really, really bad offensive line, historically bad. And um, they're going to be bringing a lot of people in, but I would think that, I mean, he would probably want to go somewhere where they're not going to bring in all portal guys. Um, I would think that he'd ha- want to have a chance at starting, which he does probably there if they don't bring anyone in. Um, but I think he's at very least probably got a chance to be a second stringer here. Um, a chance. Uh, I, I don't know. It's a little bit interesting still to me, but obviously the uh, Dion effect is in fact a thing. Um, I just don't really get what the whole, I guess, infatuation with going there as an offensive lineman would be. Um, I mean, obviously, like I said, they were really, really bad. They lost a lot of their offensive staff. Um, they continue to leave like Sean Lewis is now off as a head coach. Um, and they've lost a few other people as well. They lost a lot of defensive guys too. I I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting thing to watch for sure. And, I don't know, Max, you kind of mentioned that he could be trending away. Uh, I don't know if I would go that far just yet. I mean, I'm, I'm still doing a little bit of digging myself to see what the word is here. I think just on the surface, when you look at the situations at both schools, Oregon's got much more stability uh, and they're obviously trending up. Um, and I guess you could say the buffs are trending up compared to where they have been. Um, I mean, I, I never really bought the stock in Colorado this year. Um, I mean, you, you saw what happened when they played Oregon, and then they just continue to spiral uh, after that game. And it, it just it really just seems like it's all hype right now, um, all bark, no bite, in my opinion, with yeah. Colorado. Um, I think that having Dion there is obviously going to help them, but just really interesting how he's gone about managing that team I mean, even with throwing the offensive lineman under the bus, that was that, that's never a good idea to, to be talking down on your current players who are suiting up for you and putting their bodies on the line every week. Um, right. But he, he's he's going to do things his way. We know that there's been an extreme reliance on the portal um, because that was such a poor roster that he inherited. Um, but he brought those Louis bags over and look what that got him um, in his first year. I don't know. I, I'm not trying to slam Colorado here, but they they were honestly just kind of an annoying team in, in my mind and because they did a whole lot of talking and they didn't back it up on the field. But they're, they're losing, like you said, members of the coaching staff. And I think you can look to that as, uh, you know, it's not always bad when you lose guys. Like if you're looking at it just from the staff standpoint, a lot of head coaches want their guys to do well and help them right. reach their goals. So there is certainly that aspect of it. But there's been a lot of guys that have been entering the transfer portal from Colorado and, and even some guys on the recruiting trail from the high school ranks that have decommitted. So I think that that's uh, obviously kind of reflective of where they're at right now. Definitely trending down 
as far as recruiting goes recently, but still a lot of time before the uh, early signing period. Uh, and to butt in really quickly here, I would like to note that most of those guys that decommitted are 2025 guys. And more importantly, uh, Winston Watkins Jr., uh, he said that he wasn't sure if Prime was even going to be there when he got there. So that's why he said he decommitted. Um, and then you saw a bunch of decommitments immediately after it. And uh, I don't know. I mean, it makes sense, I guess, timeline-wise. His son may not be there. But yeah, they don't have any more 2025 commits. Uh, 2024, they're not doing great. Uh, their top is obviously, yeah, Cam McKell. And then Aaron Butler, who I think is going to flip to Washington soon. Um, I've heard a lot about that. So I think that there's a lot of people starting to realize that it's not necessarily as good as it once was like seen as almost. But I think that Prime can definitely still build a good team. I'm not at all hating on him. Um, I don't want anybody to think that I am. I think he definitely is the right motivator and the right uh, recruiting guy for it, I guess. I just wonder if he's necessarily the greatest coach for it. Um, but I don't know. We'll see, I guess. It's kind of, they're definitely trending up from where they were last year um, to this year. And it'll be interesting to see if they can trend up even more. Obviously, Shadur was great, a lot better than I even anticipated um, at that level. But if Jaquan McCroy does flip, that'd be something to for sure watch. I mean, especially with Seton going, uh, potentially, if he goes to Ohio State, I would think that, I mean, if I were McCroy, I don't know. Like, I see Seton, the top other uh, offensive tackle that could be in the class, go elsewhere, right? I would probably want to stay locked in or whatever, um, seeing as there's not as much competition for me, I guess, um, in terms of your own recruiting class. But they also have uh, Fox Crater and Trent Ferguson still committed as well. Um, I don't know. I think that would definitely be a big loss, though, if McCroy were to flip. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy, with Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, 
helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. So we'll continue to, to monitor that recruitment and see what else is going on there. I think the only other note on the offensive line that might be worth a uh, quick mention is uh, another 2024 guy, uh, Eddie Pierre-Louis out of the Tampa area. He has uh, set a commitment date. Um, I believe it is December 15th, and Oregon is among his finalists, but it has looked for a while like Oklahoma has been the team in the driver's seat there, but still have a little bit of time. Maybe the Ducks can make something happen and get him back on campus, but as of right now, I don't believe that's likely looking like the case, but certainly just worth a, a quick mention there as far as offensive line recruiting goes. Now, Colin, let's... Let's get into some portal talk because that's the dominating headline right now. Dylan Gabriel really looks like he has kind of emerged as the priority target for for Oregon with a a report from ESPN's Pete Thamel coming out earlier today saying that Gabriel is expected to visit Oregon this week and that the Ducks have emerged as, quote, the favorite to land his services, the Oklahoma Sooners transfer portal quarterback. Um, had two seasons in Norman, and then he also spent three years with the UCF Knights after signing with the Knights coming out of high school out of Mililani, Hawaii. What do we think about Gabriel and kind of the recent developments there? Uh, so I think Gabriel's a guy that um, he can push the ball down the field, certainly, but we don't like Oregon's not going to need him to if they in fact get him. Um, and right now, I do think that Oregon is going to land uh, Dylan Gabriel. I think they're in prime position to do so. Um, and it's kind of looked like that from the second that he entered the portal uh, yesterday morning. I had seen some kind of reports, some rumors, whatever, that he was going to enter the portal for Oregon um, prior to him entering the portal. And I don't know, at least if you follow me on Instagram, um, I've been on that train fully. Um, I think Dylan Gabriel is going to be the next Oregon quarterback. Uh, I, I think they still could look um, maybe Dante Moore's way, but that's not necessarily the discussion here. Um, I don't know. I mean, definitely got to watch some more film on him, but I've liked what I've seen so far. And I think this would be a very good jump to the next quarterback. I do think it will have the implication of um, making Ty Thompson transfer. Um, I I think either Ty or Austin Ovisad will transfer for sure. If this were to happen, um, just an unfortunate, unfortunate situation for Ty Thompson, really. Yeah, and, and I see where people are coming from, you know, when they, um, you know, talk about Ty's situation and kind of his whole story staying at Oregon as long as he has. But I just feel like Oregon is, is at a point where they are knocking on the door of being one of college football's truly elite programs capable of competing for the college football playoff. Certainly, once they get to 2024 every single year in that expanded format. And I think they just need to bring in a guy who is proven and experienced and uh, has done it. And Ty has played, he has looked better this year. I'm not going to take that away from him. And and he's definitely a guy that, that I've been rooting for, but he's played in seven games in each of the past two seasons and got a little bit more, I think just in terms of snaps this year. Um, but I think Oregon's just at the spot where they need to bring in someone who's proven a lot of schools around the country are in that exact same spot. I, I really like Dylan Gabriel's dual threat skill set. 
Um, really, really gritty player. Fun to watch him. He's a lefty, which is cool. Um, I think there's been some. There was a story out there that 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 he uh, grew up, you know, idolizing Marcus and and that whole thing, which kind of sounds cliche, but I I mean maybe it's just worth a little mention. So with him visiting Oregon, I think it looks like this one's probably coming together pretty quickly, but um, definitely just worth a worth a mention here on, on Oregon's quarterback situation. Unless you had anything else to add. Yeah, I mean, I don't think uh, there's a whole lot else to add at QB other than the fact that, like I mentioned, uh, Oregon would probably still be in play for Dante Moore um, or another transfer quarterback. I haven't heard of any other uh, guy besides Dante Moore yet, but um, Dante Moore, I think, would probably be a guy that would come in in redshirt and then be the guy. Um, If this were to happen at all, this is speculation completely, but um, I have seen that a little bit. Um, But... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously you've got Moga coming in um, as the freshman, and then the quarterback position as a whole right now just has Ty, Austin, and uh, Moga. So Dylan Gabriel would obviously be a huge addition. Yeah, he would be a, a huge addition, no doubt about it. I, I was talking to one of my one of my buddies that is kind of in the Oregon football scene um, a little bit ago, just talking about maybe would Oregon take two quarterbacks in the portal. Again, I don't think it's a likely scenario, but it's it's tough because I just think that there's such a slim margin for error that you can't – it almost sounds like it's a gamble to try to develop a quarterback or to, to put a guy in there that, that hasn't already done it is kind of the point I'm getting at here. So it's, it's becoming more and more difficult to develop a quarterback because it is such a year-to-year position, it feels like, you know, all these one-year rental or – you know, two-year guys like Oregon just had Bo Nix for two years, and that was one of the biggest reasons that this year was the year to do it to get back to the playoff is because you had a, a guy, you had some consistency at that quarterback spot, which they hadn't had since Justin Herbert was uh, was in Eugene um, for multiple years as the starter there. But we'll continue to track what's going on with with Dylan Gabriel. Uh, one of the um, big updates from today on Tuesday was that one of uh, Oregon's most experienced defensive backs, Triquez Bridges, a junior cornerback, announced that he would be heading to the transfer portal. And this was a move that I think uh, surprised quite a few people, Colin, because he played a lot of ball this year, had uh, had some flashes, and I think he, he could see that he was a part of the plan, even though he wasn't a, a starter like Kyrie Jackson or Jaleel Florence. He was a guy that had his number called quite a bit on the back end of the season, which a little Florence getting banged up before the uh, Oregon state game. So I thought this was a, a little bit of a surprising move on Tuesday. Yeah. And I agree. It was a bit of a surprising move. Um, I actually, I thought after I saw the senior day, I was like, okay, I thought like to myself, I was like, okay, well he's gone. I think one way or the other, I didn't think it was going to be portal. I thought he was maybe just going to graduate or something. And, uh, do a post-grad year maybe here or something like that because um, he still has that year of eligibility. Um, I don't know. It was it was something interesting for sure. And it definitely, obviously, the cornerback, the secondary room in general took a big hit um, towards the end of the season for sure. Kyrie Jackson leaving, Triquizzi Bridges leaving, Damon David at safety leaving. You've got Evan Williams gone. You've got um, Brian Addison gone as well. You've got Steve Stevens gone. You know, it's basically cleared out the secondary at this point. 
Um, Jalil Florence will probably be Jalil Florence or Dante Manning right now are the most experienced remaining guys there. Um, Manning is a crystal ball, a crystal ball guy, um, which I don't know. So far, they, it seems like they've been kind of clearing out crystal ball guys in the in the portal, um, which is something I don't know. Maybe to watch a little bit, I guess, with Dante Manning um, and some just other guys in the portal potentially too. Um, but Oregon's going to need some guys. They're going to need some actual studs. They're going to have to bring in at corner and and the safety position. Um, because this year, I mean, the secondary couldn't guard anything really in the, uh, Pac-12 championship. It was just Kyrie. I think that Oregon's secondary is going to need a lot more help at safety than it is at corner. As of right now, we have to see how the rest of the portal cycle kind of unfolds and, and any other attrition that, that could come. But I think you feel really good about Jaleel Florence. Um, I think he could definitely find himself being CB1 uh, as we get into next year. Um, I think Dante Manning's a good piece. Nico Reed is, is a good piece as well. He came up with a big play, that sack of Michael Penix in the, in the Pac-12 title game. But Oregon's secondary definitely was having a, a hard day against Washington. But I think most secondaries are going to have a hard time against them. That, that trio of wide receivers with Adunze, Polk, uh, Polk, and McMillan is just insane. I mean, seeing those guys play uh, with my own two eyes was was really, really fun because um, they're just incredibly talented. But Oregon does already have some some corners that they have brought in from the 2023 class. Uh, Roger Pleasant got a little bit of run this year. It looks like he got banged up. Dalen Austin um, looks like I think he hurt his shoulder or his arm and, and missed uh, a majority of the year. But you also have Sione Laulea coming in from the College yeah. of San Mateo as a top junior college guy. I think they kind of view him as a plug-and-play option. So with, with Oregon's secondary, I think that safety and as finding a safety that can cover is really probably the main priority for them. I, I don't really think that they had that too much this year. Um, we know that that safety room definitely took a hit when Brian Addison uh, was away from the team starting in mid-October. So it's going to need to be retooled a little bit for sure. I think Tysheem Johnson has another year of eligibility uh, yeah. should he use it and and come back to, <clears throat> to play another year for the Ducks. But the secondary was my biggest concern going into the year defensively. And, I mean, they, they did have some bright spots, no doubt about it. I think you do see some guys that took some leaps. Kyrie Jackson definitely became a big success story for them, as did Jaleel Florence. But I think you still got some question marks there defensively. Yeah, and uh, it's worth noting that just a few hours ago, they offered a uh, Clemson safety transfer. Andrew Mukuba um, was a team captain there, and he was a stud as a freshman, got hurt in his, in his sophomore season. Um, I think he would be a fantastic option right away at safety. Uh, I got to watch, obviously, I'm going to have to watch some film on him. Um, but there's a lot of really good corners in the portal right now, actually. Some very underrated guys for sure. Um, I'm not saying that there would be like a Bowling Green guy that you'd want to um, take, but I saw him in the portal. His last name's Husky, conveniently. Um, and he's been a stud this season at Bowling Green, but I don't know, obviously, if you'd want to go Bowling Green to Big Ten. But um, it, there's a lot of guys out there. There's just a lot of players that Oregon's going to have to take a look at and kind of decide who they really want um, and who can come in and make an instant impact. Because obviously, as you said, Sion uh, Laoleo, right? Did I say that right? Laoleo? Sioni. Sioni yeah, Laoleo. Laoleo. Yeah. All right. My bad. Um, yeah, I think he can come in right away. Like, as you said, plug and play. That would be a big part. If Dante Manning can take another step, that would be nice. Because I, I mean, 
he played all right um, this year. I definitely think that it wasn't as big of a step as Oregon needed for sure. But if he could take a, a step forward again, that would definitely help out the room. Um, Jill Florence was pretty streaky this year, for being honest. Um, times he looked amazing. Times he did not look good at all. Um, and unfortunately, that's because defensive back is one of the hardest positions to play. Um, but they definitely needed some help there. And like you said, Nico Reed um, it was pretty good this season. Plug and play guy as well. You saw Cole Martin get a little bit of playing time too. Um, and yeah, like here you go. Here's Andrew Makubo there. Um, pretty good at at Clemson. Um, like I said, I, mean, I don't know if you can see the accolades down there at all, but um, I know he was a, I think he was a freshman All-American. Yep. Yeah. In 2021. Yeah. So I don't know. That'll be something to watch. Um, there's also Jalen Catalan from Texas in the portal. We haven't offered, but um, he's the guy that Oregon did offer last cycle when he was in the portal. Um, looked at him for a bit, and then he ended up going to Texas. Um, got banged up, didn't play much, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of options, ton, a ton of options, and it's only day two of the portal officially being open, so I'm sure there'll be a bunch more options entering the portal soon. Um, that'll be something to watch for a long, long time, honestly. Um, I mean, really, I, I'd, me being greedy, obviously, I want like I want all the best players, whatever, but it's just going to be who the staff can realistically get, the connections that they have, all that. That's going to play in big time, but I, I think it does early on um, – I think Oregon was the first offer for Makuba. I'm not sure. Um, but that, that was a really good early offer for him, for sure. And I think that was the first portal guy in general that they've offered. Other than, gotcha. other than who? Other than I'm pretty sure Dylan Gabriel. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, and I think just running through the, the rest of the, the roster a little bit, I think some areas that you are definitely going to want some guys. Um, I think D-line has to be a position that gets floated out there just with the the heap of veterans that they're going to be losing with Dorless and Popo and Rogers Birch could come back. We just don't know yet. Uh, it looks like Taimani he too. Taimani. Yep. Taki. I think he's going to be gone. Um, and it looks like Birch. I, I think that the early chatter was that he might've hurt his knee in the Pac-12 title game. He got hurt early and, and never came back in. So that was definitely a, a, a hit for them. But um I think you definitely want to find some guys along that interior. I think interior, you're really yeah. you're looking pretty good as far as having some pieces like Mateo and and um, Blake Purchase and Tatum, Tatum. Um, kind of hitting early for you. But uh, you're losing Mace Funa as well, so um, that could up. be that. Sorry, I don't mean to. I'm gonna interrupt uh, really quickly. I just wanted to mention Elijah rushing there too. If you got him, um, but you were saying Mace Funa, you said as well. Um, well, he was a senior, right? He was a super senior, I believe. Yeah, he he Mace has been has been around for a a real long time, so um, definitely looking like a guy that they're going to lose. So I think you need some help there. Jamal Hill is another player uh, who I think really blossomed as a linebacker in, in his final season with the Ducks. I know that was a move that they talked about wanting to have made earlier in his college career, uh, and then just hopping onto the offensive side of the ball. I think receiver, you're going to need some help. Uh, with Troy Franklin leaving, you know, you're hoping that Tez Johnson comes back. I think Gary Bryant's gotten some more, got some more eligibility. Not sure if Treshawn Holden has more eligibility. I have to double check on that one. Yeah, he's um, gone here. 
but the the re- okay so the but the receiver class is a little light in 2024 the ducks are still going after gatlin bear from uh from idaho he recently decommitted the receiver uh decommitted from boise state but he's a mission guy so he's not even going to be uh, available to play until 2026 that is assuming that they can get him but um but we got to see um who else they can they can kind of get after here I, I don't think you need any help at, at running back i think you're feeling pretty good there quarterbacks an obvious need um maybe tight end but i think kenyon sadiq looked pretty good in the in the limited action that he got um should uh should terrence ferguson choose to uh, opt for the nfl draft uh casey kelly another veteran guy patrick herbert as well maybe you think that he uh comes back for one more year seeing that he's a eugene guy maybe just means a little bit more for him to play for his hometown school but that's kind of a little little rundown here as we kind of start to wind down the pod yeah, and uh, I think you hit most everything. Um, I was going to mention interior offensive line as well, um, especially with potentially Jackson Paris Johnson leaving. Um, and also, you didn't really get great play from Junior Angelau this season. He wasn't fantastic um, at guard. I think you've definitely got some guys that you like early on, though, um, that are younger. Davey Uli, um, you, you definitely like Iapani as well. Uh, those guys for sure are going to be, I think, the future right guard if they stay. Yuli um, is a year older, I believe, than Iapani, but um, those are definitely some guys there. And then I think, I mean, if Jackson Powers Johnson were to leave, we remember um, Marcus Harper was an option at center before. He could maybe be an option again at center uh, if he's needed to. Um, I don't, I don't really know if that would be like obviously the best option. Um, I'm not sure how much center he's played, but it would be a what, third center in three years if uh, Paris Johnson were to leave. Yeah, yeah, because they had Forsyth and then JPJ. So we'll have to continue following that. I mean, he got named a Remington finalist. So I feel like his stock is just looking at where his stock would take him. I think it's it's looking like, uh, it wouldn't be a, a huge surprise if he chose to to take that next step in his career. But, um, you know, as a guy who's covered him, I feel like selfishly he's such a good interview and he's he's just awesome to, to the team. You kind of want him to come back one more year. But uh, any final thoughts here, Colin, before we uh, before we get out of here? Not much. I think I, I think we both hit on it pretty well. And yeah, I mean, it's early in the portal. Ready for chaos. Right on. Well, uh, before we get out of here, man, let, let, let people know where they can uh, find you and what you got going on in this space. Yeah, so uh, I'm on uh, Instagram, ducks.insider, um, as the ad is on the screen, and then Insider Ducks on Twitter. Right on, right on. We're going to see if maybe Colin can get some writing going on Ducks Digest, but I know you got a lot of stuff going on. You're a busy guy, so I was excited to get you back on the pod. If you guys want to find more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at mtorussports. Subscribe to my YouTube channel at Oregon Football Max Taurus. Hit the like button while you're at it. We are on the road to 3K. And then make sure you read all of my written work covering Oregon football and Oregon football recruiting over on DucksDigest.com. That's Colin King. I'm Max Taurus. And thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. 
They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 